Hi everyone, welcome back to Pismo Beach. I hope that you're enjoying these small messages that I've been sharing with you. Today I wanna to talk to you about how you're supposed to feel bad in the right way. When you do something wrong, do you feel bad about it? And do you wanna do something about it for about 20 minutes and then you feel hopeless like, what am I gonna do about it? I did it wrong, oh well. Some people will grow from those things and some people won't. But here's what God says. Let's talk about it. It is in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. If I can get my Bible to stay open. <laughs> One second. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 through 11. Verse 10. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. That's what I was saying. The sorrow of the world, like if you feel bad about doing something, it's going to kill you if you don't do something about feeling bad about doing something. I hope that makes sense to you. Sorry, my hair is kind of crazy because of the beautiful wind and this beautiful ocean. Just saying. Okay. Now, verse 11. For observe this very thing, that you sorrowed in a godly manner. What diligence it produced in you. What clearing of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication. In all things, you proved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Now, I went through this because I wanted to look up those words and I wanted to see what it really means to sorrow in a godly way. Like, how can we actually get beauty for ashes when we have done something wrong? Like. You know, I've heard it said many, many, many times, I'm sure you have, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's not true. Like, that is not true. Some people, what doesn't kill them makes them go crazy. Some people, what doesn't kill them makes them kill other people. Like, that is not true. I don't know who came up with that, but I mean, it's a good chant and it's a way to champion yourself, but it's not true at all. What doesn't kill you, if you give it to God, It'll glorify him and it can make you stronger, but you have to give it to God. You have to let him teach you how to grow out of it. And this is how you do it. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11. You grow when you sorrow in this way. Now, the word diligence right there means speed. It means speed to accept that you did wrong. The word clearing means apology. So you speedily apologize. Those are steps one and step two. You speedily apologize, okay? The next step, is indignation. When you immediately repent and you're like, oh my gosh, I was wrong, and you apologize, then you get this fire, this indignation inside you. Like, man, that was wrong. It was wrong to the person that I committed the sin against. It was wrong to myself. It was wrong to God. I hurt all these people and I'm mad because I was not given this spirit. I don't have to give in to sin anymore. I don't have to hurt people anymore. There's a better way. And so it should produce, it should produce indignation and anger at the sin in your heart. And then there's fear. And I don't mean like afraid fear. I mean, godly reverential fear. Like God said this and there was a reason he said this. And I didn't listen to him before, but I'm going to listen to him now because I'm so mad that, that I walked into that trap and I'm so mad, not mad at myself anymore. Cause remember you have to forgive yourself, but I'm so mad that this is a trap that I'm going to honor God. When he tells me to do something or not to do something, I'm going to honor him. Not out of religion, not out of legalism, but out of he knows what he's talking about and he loves me. Then it should produce a desire. A desire for what? Well, a desire for two things. Number one, a desire for 
God's word, more of God's word, more of God's teaching, more of God's leading. And it should also produce in you a desire for other people to have the same revelation that you've had and to receive the same impact from that revelation that you have received. I can actually, when it's over, I'm going to, when I'm done going through the words, I'm going to tell you how this, I'm going to tell you a story about how this affected my life. Okay. The next one is zeal. It should produce zeal. Zeal is really in its best form. It's jealousy. Now I don't need, I don't mean like weird possessive jealousy, not like that. What I mean is that you get jealous for the word of God. You get jealous with your time with the word of God. You get jealous with other people's time. You want them studying the word. You want them so on fire, like you are on fire. That, that kind of zeal, that I have this, people accuse me of this all the time, spitting God at them and constantly talking about God. And I have this zeal and it largely is because of my past and what I went through. And then the final thing that it should produce in you is vindication. Now you're vindicated immediately because all your sin has been forgotten according to God. Vindication, meaning that you defend another. That's what that word means right there. Vindication. You defend another person. In other words, when you see somebody else practicing the same sin that you yourself got caught up in and you have all this fire for them to get out of there and to learn what you've learned and then you go to them with it and they are like oh my gosh you're so right or whatever you know or they come to you for help or whatever then you stand up for them you help them fight you lock arms with them and help them fight against the wiles of the devil and you do life with them that's what vindication means okay so when I was um, younger, I made a really, really, really bad decision that landed me um, in trouble with the law. And when I was in that situation, I had nothing. Everything was stripped from me and I had nothing but God. And that's all I needed because when I was in that situation, I got on my face and I repented. And the Holy Spirit said, you were forgiven before you ever did it, but let's talk about this. Let's work through it. And I asked him to show me where the roots were, to show me why I did this, to show me the times that he reminded me not to do this, or he provoked me to turn a different direction. And he did. And when I learned all that, I was so fired up and so mad that, uh, that God had delivered me and I chose the wrong thing. And now I saw all these other people that were getting warnings by God, were getting um, instruction by God and they were ignoring it too and I was so mad mostly at the devil but also at the blindness of people that I went to bat for people and it really really was very helpful it was very healing for me and that's what godly sorrow is supposed to do it's supposed to help you grow and then you are supposed to lock arms with another person in that same situation so that you can help them grow. This is the perfect example of removing the plank from your own eye and seeing clearly so you can remove the toothpick, as it were, the splinter from your brother's eye. All right, guys, I hope that makes sense. I will see you guys next week from the same spot. I love you and Jesus loves you. Mm -hmm.